Okay, if you're listening to this episode, you've seen the runtime. Um, in all honesty, both me and Mark agree that you can skip this episode. Um, we tried our best. Hopefully we were funny. But this is genuinely the worst episode of Star Trek or TV that either of us has ever watched. So, continue at your own risk. Captain Slog, Stardate 15. Uh, welcome to the continued adventures of Eddie Edwards and Mark O'Neill as we trek through all of Star Trek from here in 10 forward. Um, so before we start off, just at the top of the podcast, I've got a shout out. Um, Douglas Trumbull, who did the visual effects on Star Trek, the motion picture, has passed away. Uh, he was a fucking legend. If you Google him, the first picture that comes up is him leaning on the model of the Terrell Corporation from Blade Runner. Uh, which yeah. is yeah one of the most visually stunning movies ever made. So cheers for all the good work, Doug. You Thanks, Doug. Uh, yeah. So one one time, one of, one of my lesser moments um, <laughs> was I when I lived in... Uh, in a, in a shit house in London, as we all did, I entertained myself one evening uh, by buying the biggest pizza I could get from the uh, takeaway under my house that was clearly a front for drugs, because the opening times were whenever we feel like it, um, and when it, like closer to tax season, uh, they they opened up a lot more. So I got I got myself a giant pizza, and uh, I got two bottles of wine, and I watched the four-hour documentary called Danger Days on the second disc of the Blade Runner Blu-ray, and about halfway through, I just started crying, um, not at my own life. Weirdly, I was I was literally weeping because they were discussing. Uh, how they made Blade Runner and Douglas Trumbull and making the, the the fantastic miniatures and and how matte paintings and how um, Adam Savage uh, done a, a a video the other day with the Corridor Crew and I might be misquoting him here um, but I believe that there isn't a I I think I'm only because you've sprung this on me I'm kind of vaguely half remembering I think. There isn't a single digital effect in all of Blade Runner. Yeah, no, I think that's that's right. It's all it's, done in camera. Yeah, yeah. It's. I, I think there might have been some touch up, like yeah. to remove, like like when you've got the the car. I think there's some like, but even that, I don't know if it's digital. I think they will go in and painted them out frame by frame. Yeah, matte paintings and stuff. I yeah. I literally started crying because I was just I was halfway through my giant drug pizza. And I was like, they'll never do this again. This is this is a type of artistic expression that just will never occur. On saying that, I'm not the I'm not the fuck CGI guy, because I do think CGI is art. Yeah. I just think it's a different type of art that has different discipline. But that's the I I also I got this as well when I watched the, the documentary for the making of Titanic. 
um because james cameron was like we have to film on the titanic where is it in the ocean oh okay uh just build a new one yeah (laughs) yeah so so yeah douglas trumbull and thanks for thanks for thanks for the refit the 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 enterprise a right the yeah yeah i I mean if if he'd done nothing else just having done blade runner yeah which is blade runner is the most beautiful movie i think that has ever been made and the fact that for a nerd like me it's a movie about like what is the difference between a robot and a man and what where does that line come in and what is alive the fact that it's in service like something that beautiful done in service of that kind of concept is i, I I'm, it's mind-blowing and i love blade blade runner 2049 but it's a different beast and you're right we'll never doing that sort of shit is just something that's not unless somebody in the future you know like occasionally some like up oh, goes oh, i'm gonna make a black and white movie using old cameras i think george clooney's done it you have to put them on a block of ice yeah so they don't overheat and shit <laughs> like somebody at some point in the future is gonna go yeah let's do it all with visual effects and then after they've done it they'll be interviewed about it and go i'm never doing it again <laughs> i went oh. to the the ray harryhausen exhibition at oh. the 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 gallery of modern art uh, now, to be fair, I, I went there as a movie fan. I will actually hold my hands up and say I have never seen a single Ray Harryhausen movie. I have only seen the movies that he has influenced. So I, I knew <laughs> of him, but I've only yeah. seen like Army of Darkness and whatnot. Sorry, there hasn't been any fucking jokes in this comedy podcast yet. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, he was the same, and it wasn't until I think if I vaguely recall. Only the last movie that he ever made, which may have been Clash of the Titans, did he have any assistance. Everything else, he just done it on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking absolutely. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's so mental. To it's mental. Like, how do you? It's like, but even on Lord of the Rings, there's like, um, if you watch the making of that, it's like, well, how did they make Orphank and like get the big swooping in shot? Well, they made a model of Orphank and then they swooped it in, and then they had. Yeah, Saruman on a green screen and like walking down a set of stairs that matched up exactly, and you're like that. That can't be how you did that. That's mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, good, yeah. good job. Uh, good, good job, dog. Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much, Mister Mister Trumbull. Other than that, how how you doing? Um, well, I had a, I had a scare this week, Mark, where uh, uh, I was I was sent a video by the doctor for the making of the facial immobilization shell. <laughs> that I all need to be fitted with, um, and all I can think while watching this is is one I'm totally going to pretend that I'm having a schizoid embolism from Total Recall while I'm in this chair, and two, <laughs> and two, or um, so apparently uh, they suggest that you should shave before <laughs> oh, getting this no. fitted. Now, um, for those who have only listened to this and don't know what I look like. Uh, a significant amount of my personal self-identity is tied up in my beard. Uh, <laughs> but I, I found out since that I can get my beard braided instead. Right. So I've got a friend coming over the day before to braid my beard. Like so four. Yeah, nice. so it will sit flush right. against my face. And then I have to keep that for the two-week period up until... Um, up until I have the actual scan, because the shell still fits. And I will point out, this is a period, Mark, in which I am gigging. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm personally looking forward to not telling the MCs that I know why I've braided my beard. 
having them rip into me and then getting on stage and being like, well, it's because of a brain tumour, actually, mate. So, uh, <laughs> so, don't feel good about yourself. <laughs> and then you should say, not for surgery, it's just the brain tumour told me to do this. <laughs> um, and then also, when you go in for the, the, the fa- what is it, the facial immobilisation shield? It's called an immobilisation, it's the facial immobilisation shell. I, it was a fish, first thing I read about it was just called an immobilisation shell, right. which I was like, well, that's, I believe that's a level seven wizard spell. Uh, <laughs> when you when you go in and the doctor explains it all to you over the course of it, like, it'll probably take a solid five minutes to explain everything to you in great detail. When he then asks, do you have any questions about the facial immobilization shell? Your one and only question should be, how much should I be able to move around inside of it? <laughs> My only real question is, can I keep it? Because um, <laughs> I, I feel like it'd be... An, if, if, if anybody hasn't guessed by yet, I'm very much planning a half-hour Edinburgh show around this entire affair. Uh, and I do want to be able to bust out the immobilisation shell on stage. Stabbed uh, in the head with a gamma knife. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to call it a tumour in my fucking head. Uh <laughs> <laughs> The tumour in my head wrote this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But how how you been? I'm good. I uh, I went to therapy today, my first ever therapy session. Um and obviously, you know, if you're if you're feeling sad or whatever, make sure to tell someone we are a pro libraries, pro therapy, pro IRA podcast. Um and I well, I well well that and also um I met someone the other day at work uh who was like, Oh she she said, Oh I, I really en- I really enjoyed that thing that I could listen to you talk for four hours and I said, Well I have a Star Trek podcast. Um so she <laughs> so she signed up, but then I then I started thinking, is there anything because 'cause I've I've introduced people to this I guess, but they already know me. And I was like, Is there anything in there that could really could could really come out badly? And then I thought, well, um, all the pro IRA stuff like comes from an earlier podcast, um, yeah. and if you're listening to this and you don't really get, you know, why we say that, don't worry, I'll explain it. So basically, the British government done an illegal occupation of the six counties, um, and uh, sometimes the only way to solve your problems is through violence. So hopefully, hopefully that's explained it enough that that you can that you when you go to the paper they'll be like, oh, clearly this is what he meant, though. Yeah, is is the question you got to ask yourself about the IRA is is Ireland a broadly speaking independent country? And if the answer to that question is yes, then job done. So <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek, Sometimes. of course, also a pro IRA uh, television yep. show, so, as shown by the fact that it's got Cole Meany in it. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Star Trek, this yeah. this is the worst episode so far. <laughs> I and I like you remember last week when I said if I had been watching this live in eight, 1987 yeah. and mm. I saw Angel One and thought that new Star Trek doesn't work and then 10010 brought me back, this would have been the episode that made me go, it really doesn't work. This, yeah, this would be the worst episode of the original series. This is so okay. The plot of this episode is that. There's a, a, a guy on a planet who has um, take, there's a hostage situation. He's calling for a negotiator. It's a negotiator he knows from a previous incident forty years ago, and this old guy's coming, this admiral, and 
he's taken some anti-aging drugs um, to cure his Iverson's disease and he's getting younger and younger uh, but also it's not stable and he's going to die uh, that's the plot of the episode he's Benjamin buttoned himself he's Benjamin buttoned himself yeah right. he has indeed and as you can imagine um, listener if you've not seen this episode uh, a conceit like this <laughs> very much hinges on the performance of the central character and uh, Clayton Rona, the actor who plays Admiral Mark Jameson, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you, to to look Patrick Stewart in the eye and do that on set. Is, I've got written down in my notes, apparently Iverson's disease is a disease that affects the part of the brain that's responsible for overacting. <laughs> I was wondering, is this a crossover with Johnny Knoxville doing Bad Grandpa? <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville's performance as Bad Grandpa is Oscar worthy compared to to this nonsense. So, if 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 I, I'd like to say as well, the so he's in he's as well he's in the worst old man rubber suit yeah. ever. And how offensive is it to be cast as his wife? This is what we need to do to a normal person to to make them look like you, you withered hag. (laughs) So one of the behind the scenes stories on this is that the director of the episode, Rob Bowman, said, what was the man's, what was your man's name, the actor? Uh, It's Clayton Rona. I've checked his IMDb. He's done nothing. He's done like one episode of things here and there and good. Clayton Rona. So Rob Bowman said that in his entire career on Star Trek, uh, he has never spent as much time off set discussing how to play a character than he has with Clayton Boner uh, playing <laughs> Admiral fucking Ad- Admiral Stroke. That's what he's called, right? Yeah. So he's a a fucking a, a, this <laughs> this this is like the shit. Like I, there's lots of things in my life, right? That I wish more people would be into, and uh, uh, because I know a lot of um, like, like, uh, fuck them. They're not going to listen. I know a lot of fucking boring people, right? I know yeah. a lot of boring people who spend their time. They come home from work. There's their, their there's their wife that they fucking hate, right? There's their children that they can't stand, and they, and they, and they go to their fucking their 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 job. Whatever, and they come home, and then the, the 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 wife says, "Oh, hi, honey, how you doing?" And he's like, "I, I don't, I don't, I just, fuck, where's my fucking dinner?" And then he's, and then he, she says, "Well, I haven't made it yet." So he fucking, so he hits her, right? So basically, I know a lot of couples from the nineteen fifty. The, the point is, I know a lot of people who are fucking. They just, I don't understand what they talk about, right? I don't because they have no interest in like oh. pop culture or anything. To give you an example of that, Mark, when we bought this house, when yeah. we came around to look around it, there was no, there was no DVD, there were no books, there was no DVD collection, there was no, they didn't have a PlayStation. Yeah, all of their posters were like, like oh, looking like they they had like um like 1950s style travel posters of places that they clearly hadn't fucking been. The, the post, the, like, the post on next to the bathroom is just an arrow that says bathroom. Yeah, well, what, what, who are, what is there inside of you? But yeah. yeah, I know exactly the sort of people you mean. And, They're and, the worst. And, so, and these people, right? And uh, and, I, and over the years, I because I have to be around them because I'm related to several of them. 
and I have to be like, oh, have what have you read recently, or have you seen any good films, or have you watched anything on television that isn't the fucking Bachelor or whatever, right? Like, like, is there anything going on that you have consumed, any media that you have consumed that is in any way interesting or thought-provoking more than just, I wonder how Michelle's getting on today. Yeah, she's probably fine. Anyway, um, but the, but this, so I, over the years I've tried to say, like, get into comics. Like, there's a comic book for everyone and it's a new way of consuming media yeah. and cultivating ideas and maybe maybe it might help you sort of look at the world in a different way um star trek is one of those things if i showed this to if i said look i'm going to introduce you to star trek good there's an episode on the horror channel which is a channel we have in the uk um that shows everything except horror um yeah and then on plus one it does it again so if I said, oh, good, there's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, let's watch this, let's expand your mind. If this episode came on, I honestly wouldn't blame them if they murdered me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's everything that is wrong with... No, I was going to say with, with, with season one Star Trek. No, this is everything that's wrong with television. Um, it is... It's... It's... How is the actor who is playing this guy like allowed to exist in a movie where the other guest star is the Russian trainer from Rocky Four, right? <laughs> okay, but he's it's oh they only had the other guy for one day. Yeah, that's what it but was. This is as well this this episode so far like of all the episodes we've done, this has got the worst misunderstanding of the Prime Directive that we've ever seen. <laughs> oh, that was my favourite. Uh, so right, so so right, so this guy Karnak or Karvak or whatever, right? He's down on this planet, and yeah. forty years ago, during the time of the original Star Trek, he reached out. He was a he was a, I think he was a the leader of a coup or something, but he was, yeah, some sort of terrorist leader. He'd taken hostages yeah, yeah. or something, and uh, so he 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 was like the Ulster Defence Force, right? He was in the UDF. And he said, he reached out to the Federation and said, look, I need your help because if I become the leader, there will be peace. Which, in a sense, is, oh, that's an interesting question. If you if you let a dictator take over, ultimately, is there peace and is that peace worth it? What's that? An interesting idea that Star Trek could handle. Let's not do it in this episode. <laughs> so he, uh, the, the Admiral, the old guy, the old young guy, he yeah. then sends him weapons to take out the opposition, but then he decides that the be- he's like I, so I I also decided to give weapons to everyone else because that was my interpretation of the prime directive, because what better way? How like, he, like I mean I, I do get it right because obviously um it, you know Iraq in in twenty nineteen does look exactly like. America had just never interfered with it in any way and just been there um, to observe it, hasn't it? Uh, so they, they, yeah, um, no, I just everything about this. I, I'm fucking angry having to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's infuriating. I, I, it's... I think I missed quite a bit of this episode. I had to stop and look at my phone, and that's not from a from a millennial. I can't pay attention to anything these days. It was, if I have to watch all of this episode, I will tear my eyes out. 
Yeah, I so I watched this. I watched this one with and, and Emma was next to me, and she asked me when the entire description of this guy's interpreter, this guy's interpretation of the Prime Directive, is the equivalent of like if Attenborough was filming a documentary, right? Like because you know Attenborough, like he, he, he never chases like a, a line away from a gazelle, even if he really likes the gazelle. But imagine like Attenborough was watching, a, like was filming some chimps, and somehow one of the chimps managed to communicate with David Attenborough that it wanted a gun. <laughs> so David Attenborough gave all chimps guns. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you're not involved. So that like explanation of the Prime Directive came up and Emma said to me, what is the Prime Directive? And I had to explain it. And she said, but that's not what that is. And I was like, no, because nobody... This, the Toronto Directive is being referenced in maybe 50% of the episodes that we're watching. And no one has sat down and worked out what it actually fucking is. Like, what is the text of the order that is on the fucking computer system that the fucking Federation are actually... Oh, Jesus What are the other Christ. directives? Yeah. Uh, I've one. never agreed with a villain in a Star Trek episode more than I do in this one. Because basically what happened is he thought there'd be a short war and then when the war was over there would be peace. But what actually happened is there was 40 decades of horrifying future war that destroyed cities, wiped out most of the people and there's only been five years of peace. And the bad guy thinks that Admiral Jameson is to blame for that and he is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh... So it's, it's. I mean, it is nice to know that the, the bridge is wheelchair accessible. I guess. Yeah, it was got That's a beep a chair. It's the same chair that the guy's got that he can only beep in in the original series. Would you like to know it's, a fun fact about that chair? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, so um, that uh, state of the art twenty fourth century wheelchair cost the prop department ten thousand dollars to build. Uh, but it didn't even move, which I don't know if you know much about wheelchairs, but <laughs> the first thing, the first thing that they should be able to do is move around, because otherwise they're they're a chair. Yeah. Another thing I would like to bring up about the wheelchair, Mark, and this is something that I've noticed in this episode is, you have to go up two steps to yep. get onto the transporter pad, but you can beam from anywhere to anywhere. So why do they beam a plug in the wheelchair to the top of a small flight of stairs? <laughs> I well, because when it cut from because he's on the bridge, uh, sitting there, and uh, the next thing he's in the ready room. We get a cut, and he's in the ready room. And Laura and I reckon that they just uh, he just beamed from the bridge to the ready room because he's not going to fit it through that door. In a world where transporters exist, any chair's a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, are, well, are they? Like in a because in a world where transporters exist, like I, if I, because I often and I mean often think about how fat I would become if I got the power of teleportation. I would stop using doors. I <laughs> would like I I would get like to get up off the couch. I would just teleport from the couch to a standing position. I think there's a bit. Have you ever seen the movie Jumper? I think about the movie jumper more often than the people who made the movie jumper <laughs> it's there's a bit where like he's like the main character Hayden Christensen can't use a doorknob properly 
because Samuel Jackson's like, oh, you don't use doorknobs. And it's like, surely if you're a secret teleporter, there's going to be times where you have to walk through a door. <laughs> now, in hearing Christensen's defence, which is a sentence I'm finding myself saying more and more these days, American doorknobs are fucking complicated, and I don't understand why. Like, you know the, you know the ones that are like the knobs, like the round ones, like the ones that you put in a bag um, to go around beating people? So yeah, up the raw. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the ones, like, yeah, you you think, oh, you turn that, you open the door, bish, bash, bosh, jobs are good in, right? The problem is they turn two directions, which that's your first issue. Then also they've got the little twiddly bit to lock and unlock. And I have never seen one use the same mechanism twice. Fuck this. So every, that that right there is everything that's wrong with America. <laughs> if oh. uh, look, I I've I've gone on record before saying this, but if America just used door handles instead of knobs, there would be fifty few fifty percent fewer mass shootings. <laughs> it all starts with somebody being unable to get a door open. They reach for the gun, which they all have. Yeah, shoot the door open. Then the bullet goes through, hits like somebody else in the leg, and it's like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, that, before you know it, twenty dead kids. People are always giving it. Look, you know, we we don't we don't have a gun problem. We have a mental health problem, which is patently ridiculous because I've never seen anyone unhappy with a gun in my entire life. Like they are, <laughs> they are incredibly fun. Um, As the the Beatles said, happiness is a warm gun. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Exactly, and it's it's um, I. It's just frustration. They've got a frustration. They've got a knob problem. First, first of all, they, they, they're cutting they're, they're cutting bits off of their of their children's knobs, um, and then they're making them use complicated knobs when they, like that's what it is, right? So Americans obviously they, they're born. The first thing that happens to the male ones is they go in, right? Cut off a bit of your knob. What's that for? No reason. There's no if if you if you're listening to this and you're and you're on the Facebooks. Um, Comment below about about the health benefits of, of not circumcision. Or, or, do you, no, do you know what? No, do, fucking don't. So, uh, you. This is it. This is this is the worst episode of this podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we've gone um, on to. Uh, the, the, to be fair, it's like, it's 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 the things I would rather talk about than this episode. Yeah. It's it's because it's it's not. I, I've got to stress this. The performance at the centre of this episode is bad, but it's also important to note that literally everything else about this episode is bad. I'll give you an example. Mark, is do you think that drawers are a problem that science needs to solve? Right? <laughs> right. Um, it, what makes a drawer better than if it, you press a button on it and it closes itself? How is that an improvement? Because you're pushing the drawer, the button on the drawer, to push the drawer closed, which is already how drawers work. <laughs> drawers are like if knob technology did have a pinnacle, it is the humble drawer. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple and easy to use. Maybe in space you need to put a little thing on it so it'll flop open. I don't know. But, oh, like, it, oh, I hate. I hate everything about like even the techno babble, right, Mark? There is a line in this where Beverly Crusher says um, that the uh, Admiral's blood has traces of chemical substances, which, if you're not aware, is literally everything. <laughs> um, did you notice that 
Karnas is wearing terrible camouflage for his planet. <laughs> I I put down I was getting strong bison trooper energy from Karnas. Uh, <laughs> it's very star star uh, <laughs> Street Fighter the movie. Um, this this actually feels like it was cobbled together from other less good shows because it's got the Street Fighter the movie, but also when they beam into like the Karnas player, it looks like they've beamed into Stargate SG One. Um, it's just so. This was originally a much more interesting episode. Oh, I can't. I can't imagine it would have been a more boring one. And uh, in, in 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 the original script, uh, he was in his sixties and he was in decent physical shape. Okay. Um. Oh, my screen just went off. Oh, you bet. Uh, he was in his sixties and he was in decent physical shape. Um, he demoted himself from Admiral to Commander and then bumped Riker off onto a different ship. Oh, right. So it made him... He still done the de-aging treatment that only made him younger by two decades, but an unforeseen complication uh, by receiving a transfusion of alien blood made it more effective than it should have been. Other elements of this early script included the planet Morden being under threat from a Ferengi invasion, um, and that's why they had to find peace and the planet having strategic importance due to the only source of a powerful antiviral drug, right? Which was taken out because it was the same as in Code of Honor. However, Mm -hmm. at the end of the script, Jameson didn't die, but he just reverted to the age of 14. But the way that it worked originally is that as he de-aged, he would lose all of the memories that he got from the age that he had been. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Including his wife, um, but then it eventually um, it, they managed to stop him when he was 14 years old and he would become Wesley's best friend. <laughs> yeah, so so they, I like that they Mom. took that out because they took that out, Mark, because it was too similar to something that was in a previous episode. But this is the second episode where somebody's found an alien fountain of youth <laughs> and nobody thought that was a fucking issue. And it's a different, it's very specifically a different planet. They not the same one. They could have had it be the same one that's got a fucking fountain of youth that they've mentioned already. But no, it's not that. Oh. To to give you an idea, when I say everything about this episode is bad, the episode ends with the um, Enterprise flying off and they plot a course for ISIS free. Right? <laughs> that's Which does imply that in the future ISIS managed to get at least three planets. Um good for them, I guess. Or um, ISIS's ideals start splitting them such that there are now three versions of ISIS with slightly different goals. Uh, one of one of which is a is a non profit, and it's it's just to just to build more libraries or something. Yeah, there's also um, two things. I want. There's a the, it, there's a point in this um, episode where you get like they get rushed to the 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 sick bay because Jameson's situation has taken a turn for the worse, and I have never been more disappointed in my life that something wasn't a baby. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's, yeah, so he's gotten, he's gotten, to, what's it, he had, he basically, he previously negotiated a treaty for some people who had a fountain of youth, but they don't share it with outsiders, but because it was him, they gave him two doses, one for him, one for his wife. And then when he got this call, from this guy who, after 40 years of war, has found out the bloke who started it all is actually still alive somewhere in the universe. So he decides to get him. Um, 
his response to this was, oh, I should give myself both of these and become 40 years younger than my wife. And assumingly, like, it just made him younger. He's still got the disease. So he's going to go through that again. <laughs> oh. <sighs> one, one big thing I did like in this episode is that there's a bit where um, they land on the planet and it's it's um, uh, they get shot at and Data says to Picard, uh, their phasers, sir, set to kill. And Picard's like, uh, I'm well familiar with the noise, Commander Data. <laughs> As if because like I'm 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 a Starfleet captain. I've been shot at a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon there's a bragging about it, or is it just something that's happened to Picard specifically? <laughs> people just don't. Oh, I I think I think that Picard, what he does when he turns on his personal relaxation light, is to <laughs> study up on the sounds of the various phasers so that he knows what what to avoid. See the, oh. bit, the bit when they're in the underground? Yeah. Um, it had a, a, a set extension painting. If, you, if you've never heard of that, it's it's literally a painting that makes a set look like it, it goes on longer. It's like a perspective one. But the, the particular one that they had was a reused from Spaceballs. Fuck this episode so hard. I honestly, I can't even. Like, if you've if you've gotten thirty two minutes into this podcast, Laura, just stop listening. Like, it, it's it's unlikely. No, maybe it will. I don't know. I don't. I mean, no one knows what the future holds. But I can't even think of any interesting threads to grasp at for bits. Like, um, the, there's, I've there's got, just I've, nothing. I've got one. Right. I've got one, which is after it's revealed that he's injected himself with both of the injections, he's having an argument with his wife, and his wife uses the phrase, "This is just like you, Mark." <laughs> <laughs> now, what else has this fucker done in his eighty odd years of being in Starfleet that injecting himself with experimental? Alien, uh, <laughs> alien rejuvenating potion at twice the registered doses is exactly the sort of thing that his wife goes. Typical. <laughs> I I like I like to think that um, he, even though he is, um, he's like he's he's stuck in a wheelchair, a, a super wheelchair that doesn't work that costs ten thousand dollars to make, um, and uh, he has. I, I I think she's just like. Do you know what? Do you know what this reminds me of? You know how at home. Um, even though you are quite clearly very extremely disabled and you have to sit down all the time, you have some kind of super Parkinson's, and yet you still leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> and and at that point, Mark, I just have to think: is he is he is this just passive aggression aimed at me? <laughs> is that what you're trying my, to get across here? My read on the relationship. Is that Mark, as the like hip hop and happening admiral on the Starfleet advancement career, um, had a young, beautiful wife and was very much planning on trading her in, yeah, uh, for a younger model as he hit like 40. But that's when he got diagnosed with the horrible degenerative disease and was like, Oh, fuck, I'm stuck with her now, yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to get a, 
are supposed to do the upgrade. Like um, like Wolf of Wall Street, you're supposed to go from that actress you can't remember to Margot Robbie. Uh, but, um, and he's been stuck. And that's a actress you can't eight, remember. Uh, Christina Malotti. Okay. <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother and the Star Trek episode of Black Mirror. Oh, God, it is, isn't it? I haven't watched it in ages. Yeah. She's good. She's a very good actress. She's good. Aye, she's um, great. She's good. Aye. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's... Oh, the wallpaper's back. The fun wallpaper in, like, the family quarters bit. Very 80s. That's... Right. The fact that we've what? had to fucking resort to talking about the wallpaper. <laughs> can we put... Can, can we just put a warning at the start of this episode? Yeah. I might edit in a warning that this episode is... I'd like, listen to the 10-minute preamble. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably duck out. I, I think I think we should... Uh, should should we come up with a... Like a... a like a, a... You can skip this one. <laughs> if... Oh, I'm not, I'm this... not even going to re-listen to this one. No, and I, and I And I don't blame you, Eddie. And I don't... <laughs> I don't blame myself. I blame no. I blame this episode. I I, I this is if you know what Mark, if 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 TNG hadn't made it past season one, like say it had been cancelled, like it was a Firefly situation, like it got pulled off the air, yeah, super early, and this was the final episode, right? It would be like one of those curiosities in like nerdy fandom where people would be like, oh yeah, no, they tried to reboot Star Trek, yeah. back in like the eighties, but it didn't really work, and you, and people would go back and watch it, and then people would all the way through being like, well, okay, it's not great, but there's promise here, there's potential, there's directions you can go, and then this episode would be the episode that people would watch and be like, no, that's fair, that's fair. If there had been no, this is the like I say, if uh, if you're listening to this, Clayson Rona, and I know you are. Because nobody else is talking about you, you sicken me. Yeah, uh, I, I. This isn't going to be a popular thing to say, but right. Sometimes suicide is the answer. Uh, <laughs> also, how is there no system in place, Mark, for relieving this man of command? Like, at no point can you go if you if ex- if injecting yourself with experimental alien drugs that make you de-age isn't a reason to demote you from admiral like in your, your original version when he goes back to 14 would he have had the rank of commander still <laughs> <laughs> no there has to be a point where you can just step in as a doctor and be like no this is you 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 are although i will say actually interesting point is this our this is our first insane admirable admiral isn't it yeah this is our first mental in tng anyway in tng yeah. yeah so oh and also also, the this this episode had the chance to do something interesting as well. Another thing it could have done interesting and it didn't, which is at the end, Jameson's basically said, "Oh yeah, hand me over to Carnass. He can kill me, and he will release the hostages. I'm dying anyway." Sort of thing. Um, he could have literally quoted "One Life for Many," a logical exchange from Wrath of Khan, yeah. which I'm assuming in the world of Star Trek is a, like in this universe must be a fairly well known quote. Because I'm guessing people like that's a news like that. They've 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 added it to Sun Tzu. Yeah, the <laughs> the events of Wrath of Khan were the actual news, and when like word got out, it's like, oh, what do you hear? What Spock's last words were? They were listening. Oh wow, really deep and really really not undermined at all by the fact that Kirk brought him back from the dead. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, Riker has it on DVD. 
did you notice as well when they go to Carnass's office and, he, and, and Picard's like, look, I can show you proof that this is this old guy and he just shows him a series of stills from earlier <laughs> in the episode. What part of the de-aging process, Mark, is the part where your fucking forehead grows twice as high? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's also as well classic Gene Roddenberry, like like when we talked about Angel One, like Gene Roddenberry has to bring it all back to sex. This guy's first thing after he get like I can walk, I can stand, I can thing, you know, I can I can also fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, it, especially since the the, the wheelchair th- the thing, it looks like it does cover his knob, so he could be having a little wank in there whenever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark, as well, that de-aging thing that he shows him, he's got a recognisable scar from when he met Karnas previously that he could have just shown him straight away. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. It's so... I've... I've not felt this angry with an episode of any TV show in a long time. I'm just completely apathetic. Yeah. I we just need to fucking get to season three. Yeah. The word you know what really annoyed me about this? On what? Netflix when I was looking at this, for some reason, I don't know if there was some error with my Netflix, the thumbnail when I went to look at this had Q in it. Oh, I think it must have been bummer. from a different episode. And I was like, oh a Q episode, this'll be fun. And then no. No. Not a Q episode. It's Admiral Mark Jameson. Oh, one thing I do want to put out. Um, the, the the Admiral is talking about what the terrorists might want. And he says he thinks they're after weapons. And Troy is confused by this. I don't <laughs> think she knows what a terrorist is. <laughs> also, did you notice that um, at the beginning of the episode, uh, when... He's down at the at the command level. They kept filming past him to show Troy as if she was going to contribute anything to the story of the episode. Yeah, Tro- Troy contributes so little to the story of this episode that crushes the one who tells Picard that he's hiding something. <laughs> <laughs> and even and even Picard. By the way, we're like fifteen episodes in. Picard is like, oh, you're uh, stealing. Uh, it's like you're stealing uh, Councillor Troy's uh, catchphrase, and it's like. It shouldn't. If you're 15 episodes in and he's hiding something, is already the catchphrase of one of your characters, and it's the character who's supposed to be psychic. You're doing something wrong. Uh, I think this really. I say you're doing something wrong. Ev- everything you're doing. Ev- if you've made this episode of Star Trek, f- have a word with yourself. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I genuinely. F- I think we might have to wrap it up at the fucking 40 minute mark. Mate, I I like I just I this episode is so fucking boring. <laughs> like the Star Trek episode is so boring. I can't even it, it it makes my brain sleepy to even have to think about it. Yeah. Like there's there's just there's just nothing. There's just I cuz I imagine on on your red letter medias, on your on your on your on your best of the worst. Every now and again, they just they just come up against a video that just has so nothing. That there's, yeah. there's just nothing to play with. There's no yeah. there's no ideas. There's no there's no riffs. There's no fucking threads to I've pull got, up. Nothing. I've got 
yeah, I've got four pages of notes, and normally my notes are like, oh, like first occurrence of this, or like interesting, like plot thread or thing for discussion. Oh, is this the first time this has happened? Is this the first time this has happened? But this is my notes for this are literally just a series of events that have occurred in the episode. Do you know what I think you should do, right? Um, I think in in three weeks' time, when we've got more episodes, uh, I think you should delete this one. So that if anyone ever, um, if anyone ever, like, comes back to it in ten years, and listens to it and goes, "Why is episode fifteen missing?" and we just never speak of it, <laughs> and that will be more that will be more mystery than anything in this episode. Because as soon as that guy showed up, and I turned looked at Laura and went, "That's a young guy in old guy makeup." So that's that's the story. That how did getting. you tell Mark? How could you spot that so quickly? Um, it was so. How many? Like how many? How many old guys do you know? Uh, I, I've, I've, I, personally, I know my dad. So one. Right. Does he just constantly move his mouth around? Uh, he, he he doesn't constantly move his mouth around. He also doesn't go. <laughs> and the thing is, as well, I thought as he got younger, he'd stop overacting. But when he dies, he fucking goes even worse. Right? As he's, he sounds. He sounds like. He sounds like the he sounds like the fucking rebel leader from fucking Total Recall. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Total Recall? Um, That's a good film. I haven't. I, I, uh, Total, <laughs> I haven't watched it recently. Total Recall is the is the for me is the outsider Paul Verhoeven movie. I, I don't know why. I, I I do like it and I have seen it, but I haven't seen it nearly as often as RoboCop or Starship Troopers. But it, it's kind of regarded as a is like some they're regarded as a bit of a trilogy, but for me, yeah. I weirdly think of Total Recall more as an Arnie movie than as a Verhoeven movie. That's fair. But I, I but I don't. I know that it is. I know that Verhoeven. There are some big Verhoeven staples and shit in there. If you do, if you do want to do actually, if you've listened this far, I'm going to reward you. If you if you want to really fun and fun something that's much more fun than talking about this episode of Star Trek there's a, a fantastic uh, YouTuber called uh, Kyle Calgreen who goes under brows held high and he's got a review of Starship Troopers that is three episodes and each episode is over an hour long and the first is literally just uh, like an hour long in-depth um, uh, like discussion of uh, Heinlein the, uh, the author whose work it's based on like going into his whole life story who he is then the entire like um second episode is just like an, an assessment and analysis of the entire filmography of Verhoeven including the stuff he did in his native like uh, uh Holland and stuff and then the final episode is finally his actual review of Starship Troopers uh and its links to American fascism it's 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 fantastic um yeah, if, if ever you get the urge to watch this episode of Star Trek, watch three, three hours of somebody talking about Starship Troopers instead. <laughs> <laughs> or hit yourself with a brick, it'll be better. Yeah. This is fucking yeah. depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Phases have a cutting mode. That's something I've got written down. You can use them to cut through stuff. That's... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <How> much... Christ. <laughs> How much is a fucking uh, admiral? How mental do you have to be before? Like, because like, it's not just that that guy should have been removed from command, right? Yeah. By the time they've been onto the planet, he should be in the fucking brig. <laughs> is the yeah, exactly. Is the like like when you take the is is the admiral exam in Starfleet just how mental are you? 
Because, like, do you think when Janeway got back to Earth and he went, do you want to go for the Admiral exam? She says, yeah, I'll go for the Admiral exam. And he said, right, th- this is the one question. What are your plans as an Admiral? And she says, I'm going to steal a time ship in order <laughs> to go back in time and help Voyager get home seven years early. And then the, the follow-up question is, uh, follow-up question, uh, is that you answering that? Or is that the parasitic alien that's taken control of your body? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't ever watch this. This is bad. I've no idea what the next episode is. I no. don't, I don't recognise the title, but it cannot, it cannot possibly be worse. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree. Right. Oh, by the way, they've got no pain relief. That's something else as well. I spotted. <laughs> they can't relieve his pain. Apparently, they apparently with all their future technology, they don't carry fucking morphine. <laughs> My dog in the other room right now is on better pain medication than they give this guy. Um, <laughs> I, I've got a sneaking suspicion that that was a moment where the Gates McFadden, the actress, was just like, "I don't want to act giving this man painkillers." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Patrick Stewart should have fucking quit. Yeah, like being put opposite this fuck. Who who is the car? Whoever fucking cast this guy deserves a fucking slap. I I genuinely despise Clayton Rona, and <laughs> I, he's in an episode of Ozark, and people are trying to get me to watch that, and I'm not going to now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this. Bye, bye. <laughs> The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain's Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog.